What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, early Thursday, September 14th, 2017, and you guys are listening to episode 323. Uh, how is everybody doing? Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody was doing well in between shows. Uh, I got a great one for you guys today. Uh, I'm ready to go. I'm rested. Had to take a nap to get rested because uh, some shitty uh, sleeping with the back issues, but um, I'm rested now and I have uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. We are going to talk about the NFL season kicking off. We're going to talk about uh, some uh, TV programs. We are going to talk about a weird situation that happened in New York City with me and a couple comedians sitting outside the stand. We are going to talk about uh, getting massages. We are going to talk about a lot of shit. My unacceptable, your guys unacceptable. So uh, sit back, relax, wherever you may be for uh, TVE episode uh, 323. There you go. Wherever you may be, TVE 323. Did not plan to do that, but uh, yes, if you are in your car, if you're in your cubicle, if you're at the gym, uh, or if you're just hanging out, I hope you enjoy this episode, a lot of fun stuff to talk about, Uh, but first, of course, uh, TVE uh, has to get into the sponsors, guys, the Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by Chassis for Men, everybody, Chassis for Men, oh, it's a premium product. Yes, it is, and it's a product that uh, you guys know that I use. Uh, Chassis for Men is a um, incredible, incredible uh, powder. That's right. It's a premium body powder that has a special hydro shield technology, so that uh, powder provides all day protection uh, against sweat, chafing, and odor. This is man care down there, everybody. This is to make your balls pristine is what it is. And chassis contains no talc, no aluminum, no parabens, and no menthol. Uh, The powder is a fine, ultra soft uh, powder. One bottle can last you uh, uh, up to three to four months uh, if you use it, even if you use it every day. They have a a shower primer. They have a lotion. They, um, they gave me this product when we first started it. And as you guys know, it's, uh, it's worked wonders. And um, it's just such a clean, dry, amazing feeling. Uh, so please check it out. You could pick up your bottle, uh, which I know a lot of TV listeners have been doing. They've been getting back to me saying that they've done uh, that they've done it, and they've been actually thanking me. And you can do the same, everybody. All you have to do is go to chassisformen.com. That is C H A S S I S for men.com or on Amazon.com. And uh, you can get your own bottle, and you could see what I'm talking about, uh, and uh, you could see why it is such an amazing product that I rave about. So please check out Chassis Premium Body Powder for Men at ChassisForMen.com uh, or Amazon. Also, City Living Dog, guys. Go to City Living Dog. Coach Mike, check out all of his um, all of his social media platforms, uh, his Instagram, his Facebook uh, he does Facebook Live videos, his amazing YouTube channel. Check out what he does with these dogs. He's an, another, uh, uh, somebody else. It's just another one who uh, Verzi Effect listeners have uh, reached out to, and he'll help you and tell them that we sent you if you're having any issues with the dog. 
And uh, even if you're uh, far away, reach out to him. Send him an email. Send him something. Have a question. See what he says. You know, talk to him. He's a good guy, and he'll uh, he wants to help with dogs. So check that out. That's City Living Dog, and uh, Coach Mike, and of course, guys, uh, all things comedy. Uh, the TVE's uh, TVE's podcast network, all things comedy. Uh, and they have the best comedy podcast as far as I'm concerned because we're there, everybody. No, but they're uh, really, uh, All Things Comedy is just an amazing podcast network who's been great to me. They're producing my um, my special. You could check them out, uh, check their uh, albums out at All Things Records. And all you have to do is go to allthingscomedy.com and uh, you will see. You will see some of the comedians. For example, Doug Stanhope's podcast, Bill Burr's podcast, Ari Shafir's podcast. Okay, I'll keep going. Uh, what is that? Uh, Dean Del Rey's podcast. Okay, Tom Rhodes's podcast. Uh, Jason Lawhead's podcast. The Comedy Store in, in Hollywood, their podcast. Um, so just, I mean, and the list just goes on and on. My apologies, I'm not going to list... All whatever, but just, you know, the Joe Bartnick and Court McCown's podcast, Felipe Esparza's podcast. So you could check all that out at allthingscomedy.com and uh, see their albums, see their podcasts, find out what they're doing. They also have a, uh, a comedy uh, YouTube page, which has live podcasts, original series, and more. They're getting a lot of content, so please check them out. Allthingscomedy.com, and you can follow them at All Things Comedy. There you go. We're done. Sponsors are done. Time to get into TVE. Thank you guys for being here. And I also want to let you guys know that uh, I did an hilarious, amazing um, podcast for the Patreon subscribers that is up now. It is me and Bobby Kelly smoking a cigar in his shed. And it's live. It's I mean, it's it's a TV show, basically. It was like a three-camera shoot. It's all up. It's edited. If you guys are up there, and since it's a podcast and not just considered video, you get it for the lowest subscription. So for $3, you could see it. Also putting up some quick videos. It's starting to come. And I know uh, that this week's, the one that I put up, I still didn't get up last week's. So that's coming up, too. So you got that, which is up now. You got a quick video, which is up now. Uh, you're getting the regular TVE, the free TVE, and then uh, in a day or so, I believe, we're going to upload the other one from last week. So Patreon is starting to get filled up, and I want to thank all you subscribers. But I got to tell you right now, when you guys see this, you're going to tell people, oh my God, you got to go to the Patreon. It's basically extra TVE, but now there's video podcasts <clears throat> as well. We did one last night, had a great time, and it's already up. So I want to thank all you Patreon subscribers, and it's only going to get better with more content and more of it's coming. And they actually made it more user-friendly, so now it's much easier to upload things. So the Patreon is coming hard. Um, I want to thank everybody who jumped on board early. Uh, all right, guys, let's get into the show. A uh, couple, of, couple of things going on. I've been having stress dreams when I'm when I'm at a time where I'm not supposed to be stressed out, which is weird. Uh, I think it's just because I was. Here's my here's my fucking nutty, probably makes no sense and terrible reasoning for this. But I feel like when I was really stressed out, I almost didn't have time, even in my dreams, to worry about anything other than like the task at hand. And what the task at hand was, is it was basically getting on an airplane every other freaking day and going to so many different cities and getting ready for the special and doing all this and that. 
now that I've come down from that and I don't have to do that anymore, I'm almost like not knowing what to do with myself because I have to start over with the hour. By the way, special is looking amazing. We have a meeting today. Rough cuts coming, guys. There's going to be some really special announcements coming up. Hopefully in the next four to six weeks, you guys should hopefully have some some a really cool announcement. But I'm, I'm really excited about it. Really excited how it looks. So uh, I'll let you guys know all about that stuff when it happens. But now that that's done, and I'm just, uh, you know, even like when I went on my vacation, it was almost like shocking to just be done and then be on vacation. Now I'm really coming down from having these fucking nutty dreams. Just nutty, anxious, like all kinds of things that stress me out. All my fears in life. I don't know if I had the snake dream yet. Snakes freak me out, but just all kinds of shit. And I'm just like, what can I do? Like, is there something I could eat? And it's not like making me freak out. Like I'm not waking up like in a panic. I just wake up like, oh God, thank God that wasn't real. But after a while, like what the, what's going on here? Why am I having these crazy ass, you know, <clears throat> I'm just going to blame my wife and be like, look, this is your fault. You got it. Something's got to happen here. I don't know. Um, <laughs> my wife is so fucking funny without even knowing it. So this is what happens last night. This is probably why I have a stress dream. We're sitting down last night and um, I was trying, I was getting the Patreon uh, podcast ready and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to... Actually, I didn't even tell her yet. We were sitting down. She gets out of the shower. I'm at the kitchen table. I'm doing stuff on the computer. I'm trying to get some work done. And she just sits down. And she goes... Uh, she goes... She just has this look on her face. Like, you know, like her hair was all wet. She got out of the shower. She's sitting down. And she just didn't look happy. So I looked at her. And I was like, what's wrong? She goes, I don't know. And I go, are you tired? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm just looking at her and I go, well, why do you have that look on your face? And she's just, eh, eh, whatever. And I was like, oh, something at work? And she goes, ah, whatever. And she's just kind of being like, whatever. We all have those days. We all have those moments. Lord knows I do. And uh, I go, oh, babe, by the way, I ordered a couple of pairs of sneakers online. I want I want, you know, I want to show her, you know, because you guys know I'm into footwear and I'm into, you know, I just like, you know, certain things. And I was like, ah, you know, maybe I'll. I'll get away from the Jordans or I'll, you know, get away from the Nikes, Adidas. Let's get away from all that. Look at some other shoes. Anyway, long story short, doesn't matter about the shoe. Doesn't even matter what kind of shoe. The point of the story is, I say, look at these shoes. You want to see them? She says, yeah. I show her and she goes, ugh, I hate those. And and she did it with this, like, I knew she might have not liked them, but she went so hard with how she didn't like them that I knew it was her mood. So now I'm just playing around and I just show her one. I go, well, you really don't like this? Look at this. And she goes, honestly, Paul, that is probably the worst sneaker I've ever seen. That is the ugliest sneaker. Cancel the order. And I just go, holy shit. And she didn't even smirk or anything. She was dead serious. And I just go, are you in a bad mood? And she goes, yeah, I'm kind of not in a good mood. <laughs> and I just started laughing. I mean, she was so brutally honest and shit on these sneakers right there. It was so funny because there was no buffer. You know when someone tries to be polite? You know, because what is, if, if you're going to see somebody see something that they don't like, they usually go, oh, that's cool. I mean, not for me, but, you know, I'm glad you like. She just was like... She, not only did she say she thought they were the worst pair of shoes she's ever seen, 
Then she said, cancel the order and was dead serious. Like expected me to go cancel the order. And it was because she was being a cranky pants. Uh, I just laughed. I just laughed. And then, um, late night when it was like time for her to go to bed or whatever, I had to go and bang out, uh, go down to, uh, Bobby's, which was still in Westchester and do the, do the podcast. But, um, yeah, it was just so funny because you know, when you see somebody in a bad mood and you're just like, Oh boy, I was almost glad to leave. I was like, okay, let's just hope that I get through this next five minutes and uh, I could get the fuck out of here because she is not happy. And everybody knows, Oh, when that woman in your life isn't happy, and I don't give a shit what you women say. You could get mad at this. I don't give a fuck what you say. There is a huge difference in the house when the man is unhappy with something and the woman. And when the woman is, it's a lot fucking worse. And if you think that's sexist, I could give a shit. That is the truth. Okay, because when a man's pissed off, a man will go down, sit down and be like, man, this is bullshit. And he'll grab a beer and he'll put a game on or he'll do something like that. You know, go off and do something and kind of be quiet. When a woman's in a bad mood, why is there one sock on the floor in this immaculate house? Why is lint floating? Why do I see lint floating in the beam of light in the kitchen, even though the house is per... You know, I'm going to leave. One day, I'm just going to leave. Women always give that shit, right? My mom used to do that. My mom used to do that shit. When my mom would get overwhelmed with the house and my brother and sister were, you know, like you know, six or seven, and I was 16, uh, you know, and my brother Christian was still at home, like, when it was all of us, she would just be like, you know, one day, you're just gonna, I'm just gonna be gone, and, like, the kids would be, like, all scared, and I would just look at him be like, nah, she, she's not going anywhere, she's been saying that shit since 1985, she's not, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. What can you do? Got a massage yesterday, guys. And um, I felt like such a... I felt like my manhood was on the line. Because this girl's amazing. Her name is Miriam. She's amazing. She's 23 years old. And she's like the most sought out... Like she's the one that like her schedule is always booked. So when I call the massage place... I told you guys I have a monthly thing where it comes out and I go all the time and uh, it really helps, especially with all the traveling that I do and the sitting on the planes and in the car, I need to really do it with, a, especially with a bad back. So I always ask for Miriam. A lot of times I don't get her. I sent my wife to Miriam and she said it was the best massage she ever had. So she's this little 23 year old woman who is so good with her hands and finding the spot. It's like it's almost, she's so insane that it's like, you know, like if you have to tell a doctor where the pain is and the doctor's like, where does it hurt? And you got to show him. And they, she just will tell you, put your head down and she just like walks across your back with her fingers and she'll just stop. And then she'll just kind of like do this, you know, little investigation with her five fingers in that area. And sure enough, one of the fingers hits something and you're like, oh shit, there it is. And that's what you're thinking. And then she knows without you saying anything. She goes, huh, that's, there's some stress in here, huh? And you're like, how the hell, right? Again, she just keeps doing it. But I went in there and she beat me up. And now she was hitting, she was doing the top of my arm, like right above my bicep. But she was doing this thing where she was sliding, like she was sliding the bottom of her hand over it. 
and it was hurting me so bad to one point where I almost had to tell her to stop and my eyes were almost tearing. And, you know, at one point she was like, how's the pressure for you? Is that okay? And I'm like, uh-huh, yeah. I'm dying like a bitch. I just want to be like, please stop. You're fucking killing me. Please. It hurt me so bad. And, then, you know, and it's only like two or three moments during the massage where you actually almost have to submit and say, I can't handle this anymore. Uh, but I walked out of there like jelly. And, uh, yeah, and they put this thing on my back. Another thing she did, which I didn't know, she, you know, she knows I have a lower disc problem in my back, which I've had since 97, which I had since college. And the key to it is just stretching your legs. I might ultimately have to get surgery on the herniation, um, which they do very uh, less invasively now. They basically go in with this tube, then something extends from the tube, then a clip comes out of the extension, pulls out the all the filling and stuff that's laying on the nerve, takes it out, goes in, and then they just patch up a hole and you're better instead of like the way they used to normally do it. You know, back in the day, you laid on your face, they cut out a probably like six inch, six inches with the scalpel, open your back up, hold it open with a vice. Your whole spine is there. You, you know, you're just, you're laid out forever. Now they just go in with a quick little, you know, they just basically a, a like a long tube and that's it. So that's probably going to have to happen. But she did this thing where she put this thing called like biofreeze on my back and it just loosened everything up and was amazing. So she was like putting medicine on my lower back while giving me the sickest. She's an animal. She's an absolute animal. Um, she probably doesn't even want me talking about her on the podcast because she's already so booked and, you know, has no time. So, but yeah, she's, uh, I did that yesterday and I was in a lot of pain. It was, oh, and she, and you, we come back from it. You just are like, oh my God, like I feel like I'm like jelly. Um, all right, here's something that happened. Oh, this is what I wanted to talk about on the show. Before I get to your guys' unacceptables, you guys know the way I always talk on the show. I talk about how the news and the media is, you know, people just believe everything that they, you know, people believe everything that they see. They do. They, uh, I think it's one of those things where a lot of people aren't happy. Like I've said, a lot of people are looking for something to do and talk about. And that's all these people talking about how, you know, the world is coming to an end and, you know, uh, the president's going to cause World War Three, And this is and it's just all those people that it's just constantly always something negative. You notice that's always something negative, negative, negative. Right. So I came across something which is spot on. All right. And uh, I'm here. I'm going to I'm going to share this with you. Okay, because it talks about the wiring of our brain and how we're brainwashed. And when I came across this, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever because I totally agreed 100%. So check this out. I think that this could help you or if it doesn't help you, it could help somebody that you know. But this is what I was talking about and I even posted it and said this is spot on and perfect. So here we go. I hope you guys can hear this audio here. I'm going to try to keep put it up as much as I can. Um, but here, check this out. Okay, here, uh, here we go. I've got some bad, bad news for you. You are being brainwashed. And the reason why I say this is because everything that you see, hear, and read is influencing the way that you think. Now, if you watch the news, you might think that humans are getting worse, it's getting less and less safe, 
everything's getting more dangerous, but nothing can be further from the truth. A Harvard professor actually did a study and found out that this is the safest time to be alive as a human. To give you some statistics from the Bureau of Justice and from the FBI's website, since 1993, firearm homicides have dropped 39%. Non-fatal firearm accidents have gone down 69%. Now, if you watch the news, you'd think the exact opposite of that. You'd think that it's getting worse, right? Now, let's talk about the rest of the world. Is the rest of the world getting safer? It absolutely is. The amount of deaths per year per capita from war across the world is one-twelfth of what it was in the 1950s. This is the safest time to be alive as a human. Now you might ask yourself, why would the news concentrate on so much negativity if the world is actually getting better? And the reason why is because they understand the way your brain works. Your brain is designed to look for the negative. And the reason why is because your brain wants you to stay alive. So it focuses on the negative. So if the news puts out more and more negative, you're more likely to watch. Your brain is going to get addicted to watching that negativity, which in turn turns into more advertising dollars for the news companies that you're watching. So of course it seems more negative. Of course it seems like the world is getting worse. But there has never been a time where it's been more safe to be a human than right now. So what can you take from this? Instead of watching the news and thinking that the world is negative and allowing them to brainwash you, you can brainwash yourself. You can start reading books. You can watch motivational or instructional or educational stuff on YouTube. You can listen to podcasts. Because here's the deal. No matter what you listen to or watch or read, it's going to brainwash you. So why don't you brainwash yourself with something that's going to be beneficial for you versus what the media continues to feed you? Because if you continue to eat what they feed you, you have to deal with the sickness that's going to happen in your mind. There you have it, guys. Uh, that's what I I wanted to share uh, on the show uh, this week with you because it was something that I saw that and I was like, oh my god! Like I felt like the guy was talking to me because I've been saying that. So I just want to go over that real quick. Think about what he said, okay? This is the safest time to be alive as a human being, okay? Uh, Justice of Bureau statistics: thirty nine percent down homicides with firearms. Since 1993, 69% down of non-fatal uh, firearm incidents since 1993, all right? And uh, war, 1 since the 1950s. That's crazy, you know, and people don't focus on that. And I think what he said is why we're designed as human beings to survive without us even knowing it. That's in our nature. We just survive. So the brain goes to the negative to kind of figure out why is it negative or, you know, because it's survival mode type shit. And then that's when you get brainwashed and it focuses on the negative. And those are the people that you know. It might be you, you know. Some of you people are listening to this. Wow, that's interesting. It's fucking you. Wake up because that's what you do. You're going to look at it and you're going to go, oh, wow, things are bad. Oh, things are this, things are that. And here's another thing. When I was in college, uh, there were, I believe there were 6.6 billion people I remember a class we took, uh, God, I forgot which class it was, but the professor was talking to us about population, and uh, it's one of the few things that stuck with me in school, because when I was in school, I I only stuck with things that were interesting, because I, I just was listening to these guys, and I was just like, what the fuck is this guy talking about, but uh, certain things with like World War II and cool kind of statistics and shit like this stuck with me, you know, I didn't give a fuck about, you know, earthworms and rocks and shit, I just didn't, it's just how I was wired, I was terrible in math, 
But stuff like this, like if they taught more about this, which I think is beneficial to people, um, it would be, you know, important, I think. But there were 6.6 or a little over 6 billion people um, on earth when I was in college. Right now, I believe there's what, 7.7 or 7.8 billion. So, you know, it's going to be pretty soon, it's going to be 2 billion more. 2 billion more people, which is actually significant considering there was only 6. So it's so six billion, and now within twenty something years, two more billion. That's almost that's that's it's coming up on half the people. Like in the next twenty years, gonna be like it, it it went up almost by half of what existed, and with all that, even those stats are still down. So I believe what that guy is saying, but the media doesn't make any money talking about that shit because the media is not gonna be like, hey, you know, things are actually getting better over and so and so. They're not gonna say that because then you're gonna be like, all right, well, what's next? I don't wanna. So it's so true. And then that's where the advertisers make their money. It's such a, it's such a great thing that, that I saw. And I hope, listen, if anything, if you guys could take anything from it, other than the fact that I've been preaching this for a long time and now statistics are showing that I'm right. So fuck you guys. All right. I'm not just some comedian that rants and yells, even though that's what I am. Um, I knew this shit was happening because I would talk to people and nobody likes to listen to, you know, nobody likes to listen to something that they're not. So negative people, they're never like, a negative person's never going to like this. As a matter of fact, I'll take it a step further. A negative person who's going to listen to that, a negative person who just heard me listen to that or heard it themselves will find a way to try to debunk what that guy just said. Well, how does the Bureau of Justice and the FBI, well, I don't know because the statistics are public. Maybe that's why, you know. And, uh, it's, you know, I was talking to somebody and they're talking about, um, you know, a couple people were talking about how, uh, Stephen Hawking said that the end of the world is in a hundred years and we all need to get to space and we need to do that. And I'm not saying that like, you know, things aren't getting screwed up, but just the fact that like, that's what people are talking about now. That's what people want to talk about. Where are we going to be in a hundred years and all this and that. Nobody, and I love how they said, read books, listen to podcasts, the Verzi effect. But, you know, it's never like, it's never like a motivational thing or a positive thing. And then it's no coincidence why those people are where that they are. So I wanted to share that. I thought that that was really cool how our brains are wired to see something. Because let's be honest, during war coverage, you know, what about Columbine High School in Colorado? When that footage was on, I was watching that shit like it was a movie. Watching people fucking jumping out of windows bloody to save their lives because some lunatic with a gun is shooting people. And we're watching it. And you're just locked into it. Every channel locked into it. Locked into the chaos. Locked into holy shit what's happening. Hours later. All this shit. It's, that's what we do. And, and, and the advertisers prey on it. So um, I guess be positive. And I'm not saying it in a way of like, oh, you know, ignorance is bliss. I'm not saying be ignorant. I'm just saying try to rewire yourself and try to brainwash yourself with positive good things. There you go. So that's the positive message for the week on TVE 323 instead of these assholes who you're going to see coming up on the holidays, guys. It's coming right after Halloween. Get ready. It's coming. People shopping for their turkeys having their dumb families over and, and, and saying shit like, uh, you know, this is, this is, I'll tell you what, this is bad. This is scary. This is, it's not, you fucking idiot. It's not. Just shove that turkey leg in your mouth and be happy that you're here with your family. 
and you're alive, you stupid cocksucker. Shut the fuck up. Seriously. It's just the same shit. I mean, some of these people are talking about who, you know, if somebody wants to keep their dick or not. I mean, what are you talking about over here? Uh, All right. So there you go. There's the positive message for TVE this week. Now I'm going to get into my unacceptable, which I don't know. This is the first time. So we've had a, we've had a first time for an acceptable and we've had a, uh, this is going to be the first time where I say something and I'm letting you guys decide. I'm not even going to decide. I don't know if it's acceptable or unacceptable, but I'm going to tell you guys a funny story and a backstory with it that happened at the stand this week with myself, uh, and my fellow comedians, Aaron Berg and Tim Dillon, both great, hilarious guys. And I truly mean that. Great guys. So funny. Berg has obviously been doing it longer than Tim. Tim is is coming up. And Tim Dillon is so fucking funny, man. And uh, I love Berg. And we're sitting out there. Outside the stand. Monday night. All right. And uh, Aaron Berg was smoking a cigar. He just had a daughter. I think like three weeks ago, his daughter was born. So I'm congratulating him. We're talking about having kids and we're waiting to go on stage. And this happened. Exactly how I'm going to tell you. And then we uh, we did something on stage about it, which I'll tell you. So, sitting out there having a good time and a guy dressed in this Muslim fucking, I mean, it was over the top. I mean, like, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but like I said on stage, it was almost like a Halloween costume, what this guy was wearing. He was wearing like Crocs with a white sheet over his body and then that little Muslim scully. You know, it looks like a giant fucking yarmulke. You know, it looks like like a giant, like if you put a yarmulke, a big yarmulke, from an adult on a newborn. Like, that's what this thing looked like. And it was like white knit. And we're just standing there, and there's a group of us. And he walks between us, little dude. And he just starts shaking our hands. And he shakes Aaron's hand, and he goes, Hey, how you doing, man? What's your name? And Aaron goes, Aaron. And then he shakes Tim's hand, and he goes, What's your name? And Tim goes, Tim. And then he looks at me, and he goes, Hey, how you doing? And he leans over, and he's shakes my hand, and I said, I'm Paul, and he goes, oh, Paul, good, good, and we're talking, and then Aaron Berg goes, well, wait a minute, you, you, you just asked us all, you know, our names, what's your name, and he goes, oh, I'm Amir, I'm Amir, nice to meet you, nice to meet you, and he's just dressed like that, and he just walked through, and he shook all of our hands very awkwardly, and everything, and then he walked away, okay, uh, full-dressed Muslim, and about one minute, not even, not even, not even a minute, 20 sec. no, not even 20, 10 seconds after the guy walks away, like 10 Mississippis after the guy leaves, Aaron Berg just goes, all right, I got to go wash my hands, and he gets up, and he washes his hands, and he starts watching, then Tim Dillon goes, yeah, fuck that, I'm washing my hands too, and I'm looking in the stand as they're walking in, and I'm going, you racist fucks, Can, are you serious? And, you know, Berg's like, I don't know what the fuck that guy has. I don't know what he does, you know. And they're walking in and Tim walks in. And I'm just standing outside still. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, I can't believe these guys really are seriously running in to wash their hands. And then somebody, a third, a fourth party comedian who 
wasn't involved in this, but saw it all. Watched the whole thing from about five yards away from us. He goes, no, fuck that dude. They're right. You don't know a stranger who goes out of their way to touch you. You don't know. That's weird. They're right. And I'm like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to wash my hands. So then, Cause they talked me into this shit. So I go in and I wash my hands. And, uh, cause then I'm like, yeah, like that, he did go out of his way to touch us. He did go out of his way to break in the conversation and do it. So then once you start talking about that shit and I don't know if I'm going to eat something, I'm like, let me just wash my hands now. But at first I didn't look at it like that. So then they come outside and we're all laughing about what happened. I'm like, you guys, why? Like, I didn't even want to wash my hands. And they go, let's make a deal. Each one of us didn't go on stage yet. I'm going to go on stage. I'm going to tell the story about what I did. Tim, you're going to go up, tell your version. Paul, you're going to go up and tell your version. So Aaron goes up there, says it. And he said, yeah, it didn't go well. And then Tim went up and said that he talked about it and it didn't go well. I went up just going, these guys get up. And I told the story. And luckily, you know, I got, I got, I ended up like mine was the one that worked. I got laughs. I had a good time with it. And I was like, and then these guys get up. I'm like, these racists. And then I got talked into it. And then I ended up washing my hands. And people, people laughed and, and everything like that. But here's the thing about this, okay? I realized what the guy did. And I think in my mind, when I realized what the guy did, um, that's why I didn't really have the, the thought to wash my hands. I don't know if those guys were thinking where I was thinking. But here's what I thought. As a matter of fact, thinking back, hindsight, I know that I'm right 100%. Um, it was 9-11. Okay, New York City, 9-11. And I always love performing in New York City on September 11th. And I got to tell you, I do a lot. And some are by chance. Like it's almost like every year for some reason, as far back as I can remember on September 11th, um, I perform. And this September 11th, three days ago, was uh, no exception. I had two shows lined up to do it. So when I'm processing what this man did, dressed up, full, full Muslim, over the top, I'm going, this guy planned this. Okay, this guy uh, definitely probably does not dress in New- like that every day in New York City. I mean, I, you could tell. I think that he had a plan, and this is just my thought, but I know that, I know that this is what happened. I'm going to dress over the top Muslim, and I'm going to go up to people. I'm going to go up to Americans. I'm going to go up to people that might think whatever about Muslims, and I'm just going to shake their hand and be nice and kind of do that gesture today. And you know what? Maybe when he was a little kid, uh, because what? Oh, one was, you know, 16 years ago. This guy probably looked to me to be 24, 25, 26. So you figure at the most, this guy was what, 10, 11 years old in 2001 on that day. So I'm thinking maybe he just was like, I'm going to go out there and just let people know that I'm friendly and nice. And that's what I thought. And it hit me. And that's what he did. And then that's why I didn't want to wash my hands. But then when they said what they said, I'm obviously going to take precaution and wash my hands. So the question is this, I will leave it to you. Is it acceptable or unacceptable? For any of us to have gone and run to wash our hands after that happened, um, 
you know, I guess, you know, and I don't want to really fucking call out my friends here, uh, Aaron and Tim. They kind of did it. I'm not going to lie. What I told you is how the story went. So I'm, I'm telling, I'm not telling the story to be a dick. I'm telling the story to, to, to be hundred percent true. They went up and ran to do it. And I literally yelled in you racist. Why the fuck would you do that? And then I got talked into going and doing it. So there's a couple of questions here. Is it unacceptable that this man intruded on a conversation of strangers, started asking us our names in a very weird way, the way something like a fucking homeless dude would on a subway to get money and then shake our hands and ask us our names and do all that. Is that unacceptable? Uh, Also, is it unacceptable for us to go and wash our hands like that? Uh, Is the whole thing unacceptable or acceptable? I'll let you guys be the judge. But that one I wanted to put out there because it was really one of the most interesting things that that has happened to me in the streets of New York City where I'm, I'm at pretty much, you know, half the week every week, sometimes more. You know, I mean, I'm in New York City a ton and I've seen a lot of wild shit. You know, I've seen a guy go, hey, man, you ever see somebody do this? And this like homeless guy started literally going down the sidewalk in backflips like a fucking Olympian and then just like spun and dismounted and like stuck the landing for a dollar. He's like, no, no, I don't want anything. You want to watch me do a backflip? And he would just sprint. And the guy was like 50 something years old. It was nuts. I've seen shit like that. I've seen, you know. I've obviously you've seen the blood and the punching, you've seen the drunks, you've seen the staggering, you've seen the puking, you've seen all kinds of stuff, almost car accidents, people yelling at each other, all those things, um, the weirdest homeless pitches to get money, all that, but I've never seen a guy, a Muslim guy dressed like that go and go out of his way to interrupt a group of people to shake their hands and ask for their names and say hello, that was my, uh, that was my, um, you know, take on it, so, uh, there you go. That's the unacceptable uh, or acceptable for this week. Um, but I will say this. It's always unacceptable to go and interrupt people and do that. So even if in his mind it was for the greater cause to let people know, hey, a Muslim guy dressed like that can be a nice guy, you don't fucking do that. So in that sense, I'll say that that part is unacceptable because, um, you know, I know what he was trying to do, but it's like you don't have to fucking do some social experiment what people are talking. You know, you could have just you know, done it a different way. You don't really walk through people like that. I just thought that it was, it was definitely a little weird. And the reason why it was so weird, that's why those guys went and ran to the bathroom because the guy went out of his way to, to do that. Um, all right, let's get to your guys' unacceptables. You know, because who wants a dirty fucking Muslim hand on you, right? I'm kidding. You sensitive fucking... <laughs> Hold on. Here we go. Let's... Let's go to your guys' unacceptables here. Come on, man. Why does the computer always do this during a flow? You know, everything's going. No, I did not put. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, unacceptables for TVE. Let's see. Do we have a lot? And we're about, what, a half hour in? Maybe a little over a half hour. All right. No, not too many. All right. One, two, three, four. Five. Okay, we're good. Here we go. Oh, here's a regular on the show. Being on that sucker shit. All right. Uh, Hami. Uh, this should be quick. Situation. What up, Paul? Tommy. Uh, this should be quick. Situation. Tomorrow, myself and some friends, we're going to take one of those boat cruises out of 23rd Street that was... Uh, Uh, That was all about smoking sticks. Nice. 
Nice little deal. A free drink, food, uh, and four premium, uh, highly doubted cigars. The boat got fucked up, so they're sending us to what uh, may be a uh, strip club for the same deal. All right, that's a kind of company is this shit. Uh, no open air, but we're getting back uh, the price difference of what we paid. Unacceptable. One of my boys is doing a bit too much bitching and moaning about the situation. Saying shit like, this ain't the same. Obviously, uh, it sounds shady. A strip club isn't my scene. Uh, we're not supposed to be smoking indoors. Suddenly, he's a fucking federale. He just texted me now saying it's far because uh, the new location is by the Javits Center. Uh, stop being on that sucker shit. <laughs> it's not uh, what was planned, but we roll with it and see how it is. If it sucks, we leave. If not, you smoke some sticks with your boys and chill. I like the attitude. There you go. Homie's not getting brainwashed by the media. It's not that serious. Three more texts with excuses came uh, in while writing this email, Paul. Totally unacceptable. Go or don't go. It's that simple. Not as unacceptable as taking back a baklava. Oh my God. Uh, You take to a dinner party, but unacceptable nonetheless. See you around the city, brother. I hope this wasn't too long. No, it's a great one. It's great. Um, yeah, and I get what you're saying because friends like that, let them complain. But it's like, yeah, dude, listen, we're together. You know, we're going to smoke a cigar and hang out and bullshit. And probably while we smoke the cigar, talk about the situation and make the best of it. Or you just stay home. So I'm with you 100% on that. And I hope you like the baklava story because everybody's going absolutely bananas about it. Um, thank you. Uh, that is great way to start. And, um, I don't understand, but that is kind of weird. I will say this though, to go from a, from a boat to a strip club though, when you're supposed to eat food, get a premium cigar, smoke on the boat and do all that New York city shit, which sounds great. And then they're like, I will give him this then to be like, all right, look though, man, this didn't work out. Everybody gather around. Listen, we're going to send you to this gentleman's club. You're like, oh, wait a minute, you know, but maybe they thought guys, cigars, boat, What's the next best thing? Maybe, you know, send them to see some titties. Whatever. Maybe that was what the plan was. All right. Here we go. This is from... Oh, my God. This is great. Yeah, I saw this. Um, this is from uh, Saren. I don't know if Saren's the first time. Uh, so, this is a picture. I don't know if you guys saw of the woman on the American Airlines, was it? Um, yes. Plane passengers can uh, be inconsiderate at the best of times. Some will decline their seat in the face uh, mere minutes uh, after takeoff. Others talk loudly during sleep, blah, blah, blah. But Jasmine Mays recently encountered the worst of a lot. People who, um, yeah, so basically this is a picture. It was all over social media. This woman, this African-American woman just takes a selfie with the worst look on her face like, ew, what the hell? And this other woman behind her has her feet, bare feet, through the seats, like uh, where her armrest is. Literally that that ridiculous. I did see that. Thank you for the submission. That is that is really ridiculous. But the face of the woman, make the face she's making is 
Absolutely priceless. Absolutely. Uh, golf outing, unacceptable from Bob. Bobby, here we go. Hey, Paul, I had an afternoon tea time to golf with a buddy of mine last week. Just as I was about to hop in the car, my buddy texted uh, texted that he couldn't make it because his son had emergency had emergency car trouble and he had to go rescue him. The unacceptable is not that my buddy canceled our golf date at the last minute. The unacceptable is that I had fresh <laughs> I had freshly chassied my balls in anticipation of the round on a warm California day. Uh, there I stood, clubs in the car with fresh dry balls with nowhere to go. I felt like a girl that got stood up on a date after <laughs> doing hair and makeup. Uh, that's great, dude. That is great. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, the, the, what's it called? People are going to chassis, man. And people are writing me. You know, people are really writing, um, you know, that that they love chassis and they keep using it. And uh, I really appreciate that, Bob. So thank you so much, um, you know, but I like that. And he says, uh, and he also says, in all seriousness, though, let the chassis guys know that this advertising platform works. Oh, thank you so much, and I hope they hear that. Uh, I didn't buy this shit because uh, I'm a Starstruck fan. I bought it based on your description of the product and the need, uh, and the need it solved and humorous read. Uh, and the fact that as a 40-plus-year-old man, I know the balls need some powder now and then. Hope to see the special soon. All the best, Bob. Well, thank you, Bob. And Chassie, I hope you're listening. You see that? You see that? I got Bob's balls all powdered up on a fucking fairway in California because of my plugs. No, the Chassie people are great, man. They, The Chassie owner of the company, man, flew... You know, flew with his partners and his wife and everybody to my special. And they were at the after party and it was amazing. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for that. Uh, Here we go. This is a quick one from Justin. And his subject title, folks, is Verzi is the Unacceptable. He's going at me. Here we go. Unacceptable. Verzi so used to having things in his ass that he doesn't even feel the doctor's fingers. <laughs> also unacceptable. Verzi Bragg gets so hard at his special about driving a Lexus only to come out to find a boot on it. LOL. Love you, man, and love the special. Thank you, Justin. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being there, dude. Uh, yeah, that is true. I actually told that story on stage that when I got the prostate check, I it borderline tickled and did not feel that bad. You know, like... If it, I guess, I guess, you know, if it was a woman doing that to my ass, I probably would giggle. I don't, I don't, look, I don't like things near my ass. And, you know, I had a virgin asshole before that incident. I really did. I had a virgin asshole before that incident. And, um, you know, now that it was a little violated, but, but you know what? It got violated by a man that I love, even though it's not a sexual thing. It's a, it's my doctor who's been amazing to me. So, you know, and your doctor's the one to keep you alive and keep you healthy and give you checkups. So if anybody's going to, you know, feel my ass, I'm glad it was him. All right, here we go. Uh, all right. This next one here is from, oh, by the way, before, before I get into before I get into the next unacceptable here, I want to talk about uh, 
some uh, law enforcement people. That's right. I've been getting the shit scared out of me with these cops driving behind me. Okay? These cops driving behind me, man. And I'm just like, I already got two things. I got... One was bullshit, though. One of my tickets was like registration. I just bought the Lexus. And they were like, oh, we'll do it for you. And I didn't realize that that meant changing the fucking sticker. I thought that they were going to give me the new one. So I'm driving around. I got that. Plus, I was in a speed trap in Saratoga. And these dudes scared the shit out of you. But um, I will say, dude, uh, the amount of police officers that listen to my show. I got police officers listening to my show. I got New York State troopers listening to my show. Military. Um, you know, all these law enforcement people listening to my ass rant and rave, talk shit about sports and movies and, you know, all this shit. And, uh, as a stand-up comedian, it is completely humbling and, uh, awesome and hilarious at the same time. And I would like to shout out, I would really like to shout out the state troopers in, uh, Watertown, New York. That's right. I got word about you guys. All right, and um, I'd like to shout out because uh, somebody told me, a little birdie told me that uh, the state troopers in that part of New York listen to my show. So what's up, fellas? Shout out to the dudes. Uh, shout out to the troopers in Watertown, um, New York. I really appreciate that, and I appreciate you guys listening. Let's be honest, though. You guys are scary fuckers, dude. A state trooper is scary as shit, Right? They have a different walk to the car than a regular police officer. They have that look. Like, you could tell troopers look at cops less. You could tell. They're just like, yeah, that's a little that's a little nobody. Like, you know, they respect them. But at the end of the day, in the grand scheme of things, like when a trooper runs through town, like if I was a trooper, I'd be on that shit too, just walking into a bakery, looking at the cops that are sitting at the booth like they're not shit. <laughs> just be like, no, nah, I'm going to sit up here at the bar, okay? Well, this lady cuts me up some loaf cake. You peasants sit back there, all right? I'm a New York State Trooper. Do you understand me? I'm a state trooper. Look at my pants are different, all right? I even have a goofy hat that they gave me, all right? But, uh, yeah, so I, I it's amazing to have state troopers listening and cops listening and stuff like that. Uh, so get me out of this shit. Get me out of court. Isn't it the funniest thing? I got, like, what are those things? The, the what is it, the, the PBA cards or whatever? One comedian was a cop for 20 years and he gave me one. And I still like, how does that work? Can somebody write me in? If you state troopers or cops listen to this, and I'm just bullshitting with you guys if you're regular cops. I'm not trying to be, I just pissed off regular cops. Like, no, no, fuck that, okay? Because the troopers hang out on the highway. I could picture them right now. No, no, no. The troopers hang out on the highway talking to their friends, okay, at intersections or that little, you know, U-turn. They're sitting there acting like they're doing so. We're out there. You know, we're out there on the streets. We're out there in those charming neighborhoods and those strip malls, you know, making sure nobody's stealing gap shoes. Um, No. Yeah. Like, what's the deal with uh, the PBA card or whatever it is? Do you really take it out and show it? Like, I don't want to be a dick and be like, hey, officer, look who I know. Or or somebody said, oh, you just take it out and leave it on your leg for them to see it. But then that's like kind of like, you know, I I want to address it. I don't, I want to address the, you know, the elephant in the room here. Like, Hey, I have this card. Like, do I show it to you? Do you, you going to think I'm a dick because of it? Whatever. Um, 
But yeah, that's the worst, man. And the worst is this, and all cops do this. And I know they're going to be laughing at this shit because I know that there's no way they don't do it. A cop loves to just follow you knowing they're scaring the shit out of you. Because there is nothing more nerve-wracking and scary. Like, I could honestly compare it to when I got engaged. Like, moments before I proposed, the nerves and that I was thinking, that's how I feel, except in a negative way of nerves when a cop is just following. You ever have a cop follow you for like five miles? Holy shit. A cop following you for five miles, every scenario goes through your head. You're like, all right, dude, what if, what if something's on my license that I didn't know? All right. Then he comes back to the car. Put your hands up. Get the fuck out of the car right now. Um, then you're like, nah, but I didn't do anything. There's nothing, you know. What if he's following me because I match a description or something? Nah, dude, you're crazy. You're just being paranoid. No, but seriously, what if a tail lights out? I can't get more points on my li-? like. And you just start going through all that. And then finally, <laughs> and then they finally turn off. And you're like, yeah, motherfucker. You know, because you, you got nothing on me. You, I start turning into like a freaking drug lord. That just, you know, I, I, I turned into a drug lord on Narcos. We're like, yeah, you know who the fuck I am? Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so shout out to the troopers there. Watertown, New York. And all the troopers and police officers doing fine work. Because uh, there are a lot of you guys. A ton of you guys that just are, are great. And then, let's be honest. Some of you guys are scary as shit. All right, let's move on to the next uh, thing here. Ryan. Oh, my God. Another Ryan. And I actually think that this is another Ryan. Uh, Yes, this is. Because it says, Hurricane Unacceptable from yet another Ryan, my second submission. And the other Ryans have submitted more. This is the last unacceptable of the show. Hey, Paul, just wanted to say that people that live in Florida are fucking ridiculous when it comes to hurricane uh, preparedness. If you've been living in the state long enough, you should realize that we're liable to get hit by hurricanes or tropical storms. I've been down here since 2003, uh, and Charlie was the worst one I've had to deal with so far. We didn't struggle, aside from the inconvenience of losing power, but it did drive an important um, uh, motto home. Always be prepared. Motto home. Always be prepared. Uh, Now, I'm not some paranoid fuck. But I do believe 100% in being prepared year-round for any event that suddenly show up with little to no warning. I don't have a panic room uh, or uh, stockpiles of supplies, but I do have uh, enough supplies in case something does happen. I don't understand the assholes who hoard water and other supplies and leave little to nothing for everyone else who may need some last-minute stuff. For the people who just moved down here and claim they were caught by surprise, I don't know what to tell you. Should have done your fucking research before relocating. I met an old lady at work who said she hated Florida because it was too hot. This stupid cunt came from Southern California. I wanted to tell her to fuck off, uh, uh, tell her to fuck off back to Cali because I could tell she was the type of motherfucker who had no clue about anything. Uh, such as why you shouldn't ride the left lane uh, like so many other assholes down here do. Uh, And it's funny that everyone wants to drink bottled water, but nobody's willing to drink tap water. You people eat ass. (laughs) Gee, Ryan's going in. You people eat ass, suck dick, chug soda, etc. 
etc. And all of a sudden, you're too good for that. Hold on a second. Hold on. Before I finish this, I just... Let's be honest here, Ryan. That's a big jump. Eating ass, sucking dick, and then chug soda. So are are those the three on the list? Well, listen, you know, the guy's not healthy. He eats ass. You know, he sucks dick or she sucks dick. All right? And, And they both suck dick. How about that? You know, it's 2017. Everybody's eating ass. Everybody's sucking dick. Everybody's drinking soda. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, give me a fucking break. Look, I am by no means perfect, and I'll be the first person to admit uh, that. But it is, uh, it is not a good idea to have a. Wait, but hold on a second. Sorry, let me see this. I'll be the first person to admit that. But is it not a good idea to have a plan along with a backup for when shit hits the fan? Yes, you're absolutely right. Oh, the guy who wrote into your last podcast about Turnpike being uh, a parking lot wasn't lying. All these dickheads coming f- uh, coming from down south, uh, certain license plates have the countries they live in, so you could tell who lives uh, south of central Florida, uh, have no sense of urgency. Doing 50 on a 70 mile per hour highway and holding up traffic in all lanes. Are you fucking kidding me? Move with the purpose or stay home. Uh, Paul, don't even bother locking these animals in a cage. Tell them they've won a free, all-expense-paid trip to some remote island in the Pacific, and once they're there, their happiness will fade and realize they can't leave because they have no supplies or communication equipment. Uh, In panic and desperation, they'll find themselves and each other out. P.S. Looking forward to your special. Take care. Thank you. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for that. Uh, yeah, I have family down there and they were saying what was going on with the highways and, um, they were just, you know, talking about how it was gridlock and how the lines at the stores and all that stuff. And, you know, look, I don't, you know, you don't know how you're going to react, especially if you've never been through anything like that before, but you're right. I think talking to neighbors that have been down there for years and years and doing your research and all that stuff and being being as prepared as you possibly can, having a plan and a backup plan makes sense. I just still think what the airlines did was, you know, ridiculous. The fact that JetBlue was the only airline to keep prices at a, uh, you know, at a decent rate for people. And even though it sold out so quick, the fact that these airlines were charging, you know, upwards of $1,000 a ticket to get out of there, it's like criminal, man. It's just shitty. It's like, really? So some people could lose everything because, you know, you get, you got to fucking gain an extra few hundred dollars during a disaster, you pieces of shit. It's just whatever. But, um, yeah, I'm glad that the hurricane kicked left, uh, hearts and thoughts and prayers, all that to the, I guess, um, I saw something, 12 people lost their lives, um, on the West coast of Florida or whatever. And that's, that's terrible and, and stuff. And so you know, look, in, in the Northeast, we just deal with the blizzard and the snow. Haven't really dealt. I remember one hurricane probably in the mid-80s, 86, 87, there was a hurricane in New York. Um, and I remember the winds were like, like trees were like bending in half and stuff. But we don't really get that up here um, that much, you know, knock on wood. But uh, glad you're okay. Glad everybody's in, okay, uh, in Florida that um, reached out is okay. And thank you for your submissions, guys. I really appreciate it. That is the unacceptables for uh, this episode. If you guys would like to submit your unacceptables, uh, 
to TVE. It is unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. That is unacceptables, F O R T V E at gmail.com. Submit them, kind of keep them short and sweet. Uh, today was perfect. Nobody wrote me a novel, and we could get through it. So thank you guys uh, so much for that. Uh, I don't believe. Twitter has anything ever, you know, the Twitter unacceptables have really started. (laughs) I'm just seeing a picture of that Bobby Kelly uh, podcast we did called Snake Tips, man. People are going nuts. Um, I, what's it called? I think that with the um, unacceptables that people write in and I read them, it made the the unacceptables on the Twitter go down because people are just writing in. However, guys, if you want a quick unacceptable, if you want to send me a picture or send something, please just uh, tweet at me at Paul Verzi. That's V I R Z I, and we can, um, you know, shout that out real quick. And and that that's how it all started. To be honest, the unacceptables on the show started with people tweeting me, and then I would uh, read the three best ones. And then it just started to explode. But again, you know, if you guys have something quick and you want to do that, uh, and, and I know some of you do and it kind of slipped through the cracks, especially if uh, like a flood of stuff comes in, then it gets lost in the mix. But uh, yeah, send them to the email, send them to the Twitter, and I would love to read them. Okay, moving on of the show, guys, we are an hour in, but we have more to talk about. What did I want to talk? Oh, God. I know I mentioned this to you guys on the other thing. I mean, I am going on stage like literally walking on stage now going, holy shit, like I'm, I'm going to, there's a great chance I'm going to bomb right now. And the other night I was on stage and (laughs) after like three jokes in a row didn't work. I just go, look guys, I got no jokes. Okay. I just shot a TV show in Montreal and I shot, you know, which Kevin Hart's network laugh out loud owns for a couple of years. So I can't do that eight minutes ever again. And then I did over an hour special, which is coming out. So I, I'm really trying to stay away from that. I mean, I could still do some of those jokes before it comes out, but I'm trying to get the new hour. So basically I have nothing. I was talking to Pete Davidson last night and I was like, yeah, dude, if you want to go around and, uh, if you want to just go around into clubs and, you know, bomb with me, we could bomb together. And he goes, Oh my God, dude, he goes, I'm looking for a bombing buddy. So, yeah, when you put shit out, you just got to build it up. And that's what uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Let's talk some sports, everybody. My New York football giants got it handed to them on Sunday by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, no excuses. Cowboys came in healthy, ready to go, beat us up. Our offensive line looked terrible, um, which made our offense look terrible because Eli had no time. He was running for his life. He was getting sacked. Uh, no Odell Beckham Jr., which shows how dynamic he is and how he tilts the field and makes the, uh, you know, he just changes everything. It's amazing. When you got a guy like that, the defense has to adjust. And uh, when he's out of the game, they take advantage. But Brandon Marshall getting one catch with 20 seconds left in the game is ridiculous. And, yeah, I'm bitter because that's my fantasy football league with my son. I'm doing a father-son fantasy league. And we had every opportunity to win, except the Giants' defense, which I picked, got us zero points. And Brandon Marshall got us two points. And I think we ended up losing by 14 points. So do the math. If Brandon Marshall does half of his job and the Giants defense could be the Giants defense for half of the game at least, uh, we win week one and we did not. So there you have it. But um, I think the Giants are going to be fine. I, yours truly, is going to be at, uh, I'll be at Monday Night Football. Me, my good buddy Pete Davidson. Um, we will be at uh, Monday Night Football. 
checking out the Giants, taking on the Detroit Lions, who were coming off of a big comeback win. Uh, under the lights, Monday night football should be awesome. Going to that. Uh, I think the Giants will be fine, though. I'm really not. The panic button is not on yet. I think uh, somebody said something that made sense. They said, look, a lot of new guys, games fast, on the road. We beat them twice last year. You know, I don't think you're going to beat them three times in a row. Uh, I, you know, Odell out, too. That was a part of it. So, I'll, uh, you know, I think the Giants will be all right. We'll see what happens with that. Yankees still fighting. Aaron Judge hit two more the other night, which gets him to 43 home runs. Uh, I believe he's got 43 home runs, 90 or 91 RBIs, batting almost 280. Amazing uh, year for him. The Knicks stink. And, um, yes, yeah, so when it comes to um, shows, my wife and I started Ozark. We watched the first episode of Ozark. Great. Trying to get in the second one. And I've made a decision, everybody. I will no longer be the person who has not seen Game of Thrones. So, I'm flying to Hawaii 11 hours each way. Uh, I'm going to binge watch Game of Thrones with my wife going to Hawaii. And we're going to watch it as much as we can here. And I've just succumbed to it. That's it. I was literally on a massage table talking about shows with the masseuse who was beating the shit out of my arms. And I said, uh, have you seen Game of Thrones? She was like, oh my God, of course. And I said, you know, I haven't seen one episode. And she goes, oh my God. She goes, who are you? Get off my table. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and everybody's just talking about how good it is. We were outside the stand the other night talking about how good it is. So I'm going to go. I'm in. I'm in, everybody. I'm going to watch Dragons and shit. I'm going to watch it. Why not? I'm going to watch Game of Thrones and get into it. Uh, so I don't know. When I'm going to start the first one, but that's going to happen soon. So we'll see. I got 78 hours of TV to watch. I got to get to it. Finished Narcos 3. It was great, like I said. Uh, and and started. It's just too many shows, though. It's too many. People are like, oh, you see Ozar? Oh, you see this one? Oh, did you see that one? You see Murders of This? You see that? You see that documentary? It's like, I don't know. Like, do people just come home from work? Seriously, do you people just come home from work? You know, sit down have dinner, and just sit in front of your TV from like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night to 1 o'clock in the morning watching this shit? And don't get me wrong, I'm not judging you. I envy that, all right? But that's, there's no way that's happening. I got a wife, two kids, and basically my career is a night job. So there's no way I could do it. And by the time I get up in the morning, like, you know, and you got to be, a, there's, something, there's something that makes you feel like a piece of shit if you're sitting on the couch during the day watching TV shows. You know, if you sit on the couch, think about that for a second. If you sit on your couch from like 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. watching TV, you've accomplished dick. Nothing at all. That reminds me, when Joe Mattarese said something funny, he goes, you feel like a piece of shit when you're drunk in the shower. And that's kind of, that's so funny. Joe, shout out to Joe Mattarese. That's a funny joke. If you're buzzed in the shower, he said you feel like a piece of shit. It's the same thing with, like, if you're watching shows. Like, that's why rainy days make you feel better. That's why if you got the flu when you're sick, there's an excuse. Oh, my God. You sat in the house for three hours during a sunny day? To what? Yeah, I got the flu, though. Oh, that's awesome, then. Did you like it? Like, you know, you can't just be completely healthy, you know, 
nice out and just sitting in front watching shit. It makes you feel like, what am I doing with myself? Um, trying to see a movie. I might, I might go out and try to do a show tonight and maybe see a late night movie. I didn't see it. I go, I want to go see something. If you guys have any reviews of anything, let me know. But I'll try to have something. And uh, like I said, the Patreon, the video Patreon podcast is up for everybody that subscribed because it's the podcast, which you guys get. And um, so there's going to be another one really soon. You know, because I owe one more, and I'm going to just be putting this stuff out. So thank you again. And, uh, yeah, if you guys want, try the Patreon. You know, for as low as $3 all the way up to, to 50 you get all kinds of different perks. But if you want to do that, check it out and see. But there's a lot of content, and now you could listen to these every week and go back and start with the Patreon and see, you know, and it's just continuing to grow and get better because I'm learning how to do that aspect of it with sitting down with people uh, more and everything, so uh, you could check that out, kind of, and, and, and inside stuff, there's a lot of stuff on the Patreon that I'll talk about that I really won't talk about here, so you could check that out as well, so uh, plugs everybody, I will be at the Borgata, that's right, the Borgata next, actually I got a couple of dates here to plug for you guys, um, two are sold out because I'm doing the Sony Theater with Bill Burr in Toronto, for the festival on September 22nd and September 23rd. Next next Friday, a week from tomorrow and Saturday, 22 and 23 of September, Sony Center with Bill Burr going to Yankees Toronto at 1 o'clock Saturday in Toronto. Looking forward to that. Then we're doing the show that night. Okay, September 29th, me, Giannis Pappas, Comedian Matt Broussard, and I don't know who the other comedians, four of us, is a four-headliner show at the Borgata in Atlantic City, September 29th. Going to be a blast. Come out to that. I think we're all, I don't know, we're all doing, what, 20 or 25 minutes. Just going to have a blast. Come out to that show, September 29th. Uh, And I'm going back to my old stomping ground, uh, October 28th, guys. I will be at uh, Laugh It Up Comedy Club. Located in the back of Mahoney's Pub in Poughkeepsie. That's right. Like four miles from my mother's house. I will be performing October 28th with none other than, drum roll. That was an awful drum roll. Joe Bartnick, everybody. Joe Bartnick and me will be at Laugh It Up Comedy Club in Poughkeepsie, which is located right on the water at Mahoney's. We'll be there October 28th. Hopefully I'll have some material by then. September 29th, Borgata. For other dates and other stuff, we're adding them now. You could go to paulverzi.com, guys. Uh, please, you've heard it here first. You've heard it from the fans. Get chassis from men and powder your balls. You'll thank me for it, I promise. Check out City Living Dog. Help that dog that needs help. Keep that dog in that family. Coach Mike can help you do that. City Living Dog. And All Things Comedy, guys. Go to allthingscomedy.com. Follow them at All Things Comedy on Twitter for your favorite podcasts, comedy albums, and content, original series, and more. There you have it, guys. This has been TVE323. You guys are the best. Go subscribe to Patreon for more TVE. Videos on TVE. News, all kinds of stuff like that. Insider stuff if you want for as little as $3 a month on Patreon. Check that out. You can check that out. The Verzi Effect. You guys are the best. Uh, I love you guys. I love doing the show. Shout out to all the military all over the world listening to this show right now. Wherever you are. I know there's some of you guys in Hungary, Japan, fucking Croatia. Everybody listening. 
to this show. Whether you're law enforcement or not, thank you to the law enforcement. Thank you to the soldiers. Thank you to everybody that could basically do something legally bad to me that decided instead of arresting me, you're going to listen to me and laugh. I really appreciate that. All you guys are good. Hey, and all you state troopers out there in Watertown, New York, go easy on them this week. I know the end of the month's coming up. Go easy on them, all right? Holidays are coming. Go Be a dick in like, you know, February. January, February, I would be a dick. You know, if I, if I had to like start giving out tickets, but, you know, go easy. Once like, you know, Halloween, the kids are, you know, take, take it easy. But uh, I hope one of you guys in Watertown pull me over. And tell me that you listen to the show and then let me um, and then let me go. Wouldn't that be funny if I got pulled over in Watertown, New York, or up that way? And the guy's like, oh my God, Paul Vers, yeah, dude, I listen to the show all the time. No, 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 you're still under arrest. Put your hands behind your fucking I told you to put your hands behind your back. You're still, but dude, that episode 223, man, we really appreciate that, dude. Yeah, get put your head down before I crack it against the top of this car. Look, dude, when you were talking about that Muslim, I'm totally with you. Um but now you're going to go to jail for 30 days. <laughs> you guys are the best, man. I'm out of here till 324. I will talk to you soon. Take care.